are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Welcome to Locked On Dolphins. It is Monday, August 31st, and today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all of the parts your car will ever need. Busy weekend for the Miami Dolphins. A couple of transactions, including one that we thought we were done with, but we're not. So the news came through on Sunday. Obviously, I'll save the big news, the Raekwon McMillan stuff, for after I touch on just a little administrative item that is Kalen Balazs' back. One last fumble before he goes. Uh, the Kalen Balazs trade has been canceled. This news came out yesterday on Sunday. Balazs failed his physical with the Jets, which means the trade is a no-go, the Jets keep their conditional seventh-round pick. The Dolphins do not get a pick for Balage. It's most likely they're going to come to an injury waiver agreement with him and formally part ways by cutting him, which was their intentions beforehand. Just when we thought we were out. They pull us back in, the Kalem Balage experience. It will continue, but not for a very long time. The Dolphins have cut downs coming. That's actually one thing we're going to do this week. We're going to talk about updated 53-man roster forecast ahead of next weekend's cuts uh, because we're 13 days away from Miami Dolphins football, guys. The big domino and one that will drastically affect the Dolphins' 53-man roster forecast and starting lineup a little bit of a trade that went down over the course of the weekend with the Las Vegas Raiders, and everybody lost their minds over it. So let's set the table and talk about the dynamics of this deal. The Miami Dolphins have made a trade over the weekend that will send a starter from the 2019 season out west. The Dolphins agreed to trade linebacker Raekwon McMillan in addition to a 2021 fifth-round draft selection to the Raiders for a 2021 fourth-round selection. It may not seem like much of a return for a starting linebacker in McMillan, but the Dolphins have been looking to get more versatile on the back end. This trade accomplishes that in getting more high-quality coverage options on the second level of the defense. And with McMillan entering into a contract season in which he's going to have to be given a fresh contract, the Dolphins made the decision to part ways with a player who probably doesn't fit best in Brian Flores' system, before having to make a decision on whether or not to pay him, moving up in the draft in the process. So some of the questions that Dolphins fans have coming off the heels of this decision is, why did this team include an extra draft pick to make a deal for Raekwon McMillan? Wouldn't it have made more sense for the Dolphins to simply take whatever the best available pick was that they could get and keep their assets. But when you think about how the Dolphins chose to handle the 2019 season, there were a couple of dynamics in which it mirrors and makes sense that the Dolphins would want to improve their standing in the draft. You think about some of the players that the Dolphins have parted with between now and when this rebuild started in 2019, and they were more than willing on a number of occasions to part ways with players who did not fit and it removed the decision for the Dolphins from having to decide how much they were going to pay that player. You think about even Laramie Tunsil as a much more extreme example. Laramie Tunsil was a piece that the Dolphins envisioned potentially being a part of the picture 
which is a big difference in dynamic, but a team entering into year one of a rebuild, getting ready to pay an offensive tackle $20 million, doesn't really make a lot of sense. For the Dolphins, they want enough flexibility and ability to play multiple on the back end, and you've got a linebacker in Raekwon McMillan who you had to take off the field for an extra 25% of your defensive snaps last year because he can't play him in coverage. And he was targeted 51 times over the last two years, and he gave up 39 completions. And over that same amount of time, he's only contested two throws in coverage. So, Dolphins parting ways with a player, with a contract decision that maybe doesn't make a lot of sense for where the Dolphins are in the here and now. That's one example. You can also extend that and think about Kenyon Drake at the trade deadline. You can extend that and think about Robert Quinn, who they ended up parting ways with and getting just something for him. Same thought process. But if you think about the way the Dolphins have attacked the NFL draft, especially in 2020, they... It was a tale of two halves of the draft. In the first half of the draft, the Dolphins refused to move. They covet a lot of selections in the earlier portions of the draft. And in the back half of the draft, this was a team that was much more willing to wheel and deal and jump up and down and move all around the board. This trade accomplishes both because they're wheeling and dealing in the back half of the draft, but they're trying to double dip and get as much ammunition as early as possible in the draft order. And when you measure this thing up, the value from the trade value chart of what the Dolphins got for Raekwon McMillan, the best case scenario, the picks that exchange hands, the Dolphins get the first scheduled pick in the fourth round. Raiders finish with the absolute worst record. And in such a scenario, the difference in the trade value chart is worth a mid fourth round pick value to jump from the fifth round to that pick in the worst case scenario the Raiders win the Super Bowl and you get the last pick in the fourth round in that scenario Raekwon McMillan's trade value as the piece and the difference between the two picks is a sixth round pick where in reality it's going to fall somewhere in the middle so the Dolphins got approximately a fifth round pick in value as an asset For Raekwon McMillan, an expiring contract, a really good run defender, yes, a really good young linebacker against the run, but not a player that fit exactly what the Dolphins want to do moving forward. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing high-quality service for auto parts customers online for the past 20 years. So whether you're looking for engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet, For your classic or daily driver, rockauto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything you need delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are the same for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com and make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all of the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. I think the thing that surprised me most about the Raekwon McMillan deal wasn't the fact that they traded him. It wasn't the fact that they decided to move on. It wasn't, it was the fan react, and maybe it's just because I was stupid and I went in the Facebook comments and read the Facebook comments. 
but I'm I'm reading. Wow, this this trash front office. They can't keep any good players. Unbelievable, more the same. They couldn't even get him for just a pick. They had to give away a pick. A waste of an asset. I don't know, man. I don't think I'm buying the negativity around trading a two-down linebacker whose snaps got cut by 25%. Raekwon, and, and that's not meant to be a dig at Raekwon. Raekwon's a good run defender. He's a good linebacker. But when you put him in the scope of, again, what the league is these days, that's not a player you prioritize. And if Raekwon McMillan were to play this year and go out and he played 700 snaps and he got 100, he was credited with 100 tackles, go look at the deal that the New York Giants gave Blake Martinez for consistently having 100 to 120 tackles every year and having zero impact in the passing game and being a liability in coverage. Have you guys seen the splits? And I heard somebody suggest that Raekwon Raekwon McMillan was a more athletic version of Blake Martinez. Well, Blake Martinez got a three-year, $30 million deal from the New York Giants in free agency. So if somebody wants to give him that because they're looking at the tackle numbers and they says, yeah, he's a great tackler, great. Go ahead. The Dolphins are never going to give him that. The Dolphins probably wouldn't have given him half of that based on the snap percentage that he played 45% of the snaps last year. And the assertion that he's a more athletic version of Blake Martinez... I can buy if you've never watched either player play on the field. Blake Martinez is 6'2", 237. He ran a 4'7 in the 40s. Wasn't very explosive. He had very poor vertical jump, but he had really good agilities, right? When you think about Raekwon McMillan and what he was coming out of the NFL draft, he was much more of a linear athlete who's surprised with his athletic testing. He came in at 6'2", 240, so about the same size as Martinez. He tested a tenth of a second faster in the 40-yard dash. He had a better vertical jump, but it still was below the 50th percentile. And his agilities, he ran 42nd percentile in the three-cone drill, and he ran 22nd percentile in the the short shuttle. Blake Martinez ran his in the 77th percentile. It was almost a quarter of a second faster. And you watch them actually play. Martinez doesn't have the instincts for what's going on in coverage, but Raekwon just can't get there. He can't move. Never been his game. Agilities. Change of direction skills. He is a downhill player. Keep him between the tackles where he's comfortable. And he'll roll up tackle stats and he'll be very good against the run. But if somebody wants to give you $10 million for that, go ahead. Go ahead. And that's kind of where the Dolphins, you know, we can get Elandon Roberts and Kamu Grugerhelm. We could pay him half of what Raekwon is probably going to ask for if he goes out and balls freaking out for the Raiders this year. Now, he's probably the second best linebacker on the roster with the Raiders. They got Corey Littleton, who they signed uh, from the Rams in free agency, and he he is a very good coverage option. So there's kind of a nice dynamic there for coverage versus thud. They also signed Nick Kwiatkowski from the Chicago Bears. I think McMillan's a better player. Kwiatkowski's a little more versatile, but McMillan actually has a trump card to his credit. 
I think you put him on the front side of plays and you let him trigger into the point of attack. Okay, that's fine. You got Littleton inside of him to take anything that presses vertical up the field in coverage. Okay, you got some nice complementary skills there. Don't be surprised if Raekwon plays well. But, like, don't wring your hands over the loss of Raekwon McMillan. Forget who it was. Somebody on the Dolphins beat it. might have been Omar Kelly. He was talking about how this, this is what happens when you have coaching changes. And, and he's absolutely right in this capacity. Coaching changes and different tenures result in people that are looking for different criteria. And a thud linebacker on a team that wants to play a bunch of athletes on the back seven, we've talked on this podcast about the dynamics of how good of an athlete you have to play to have to be to play corner for the Dolphins. You don't have to, but they clearly covet that elite athleticism in all areas of play. Straight line speed, lower body explosiveness, change of direction skills. Dolphins, they had of, of their projected starting five in nickel defense, they had like four out of 25 athletic tests below the 75th percentile. And you want to trot a 245-pound linebacker out here who's in the below the 50th percentile in every kind of change of direction skills that there are. Coverage. This team covets coverage. Coverage even over pass rush at this point. And like that's that was the other thing that hurt Raekwon. When Brian first came over from New England, everybody, myself included, said, oh, Raekwon might be able to fill that Donta Hightower role. Donta Hightower is 265 pounds. Donta Hightower is longer than Raekwon McMillan. Donta Hightower has every bit of the first step explosiveness that McMillan does, but he does it at 20 pounds heavier. And he's longer. He's a much better blitzer and pressure player than Raekwon is because of that. Raekwon will thud gaps and fill gaps, but can he get off and press and extend and disrupt the quarterback? We haven't seen it yet. And as a result, now you can't play him on passing downs and pressure looks. Now you can't play him on passing downs and coverage. He's got to come off the field on third down. Donta Hightower, he's not great in coverage, but at the very least, at 265 pounds and very explosive and longer, you've seen the success that Donta Hightower has had as the chess piece that moves around and gets pressure. Can Micah Parsons be that guy in the long term? I think Micah Parsons makes a lot of sense for the Dolphins' defense. But in the here and now, Raekwon McMillan doesn't move the needle on third downs at all. So instead, we get these coverage options, right? And let me ask you this. If the Dolphins want to run nickel, they want to run 4-2-5. You're going to have Wilkins, probably Raekwon Davis, Manuel Agba, Shaq Lawson, front four. You got two linebacker spots, Jerome Baker and Kyle Van Noy. He ain't going to play. Raekwon's not going to play on nickel. And the Dolphins are going to be one of the most frequent nickel teams in the league. Sub-package. Five, six defensive backs. Really marginalized Raekwon. So, when you look at it through that scope of, of what he is going to be 
for the Dolphins in 2020. It wasn't really going to move the needle, especially when you got Elandon Roberts as a versatile guy who can play several linebacker spots, and Kamur Gruger-Hill is a former safety who's very good in pass coverage. We talked at the beginning of the show about the dynamics of what Miami got in return, depending on how good slash bad the Raiders are. The better the Dolphins are versus the worse the Raiders are is the best case scenario. That is the best case end result is for the Raiders to be bad and the Dolphins be good. At the end of the day, it's probably going to settle in a fifth round pick. This thing move move quick. You know, I remember waking up on Saturday morning report, uh, Dolphins shopping Raquan McMillan. Okay, I wrote something up real quick for Dolphins Wire. Hit submit. I start working on, okay, who are some potential landing spots for Raquan McMillan via trade? Boom, hammer drops, traded to the Raiders. It was fast. I wish Raquan well because I liked him as a player. Might not sound like it based on how I've been talking here. But I, I want everybody to have the perspective of through the team scope and the team ideologies and how these puzzle pieces are going to slash not going to fit together. And this is, you know, everybody. if you're going to bemoan this and say, wow, it's another good player that the Dolphins couldn't keep, Dolphins could keep him. But the Dolphins didn't want to keep him and would rather maximize his value before he, his contract expires because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, this is still paying the price for all of the lack of stability that the Dolphins have had for the past decade. You're inevitably going to have the lingering after effects. And flushing some of these guys out of the system when it comes time to make the decision on, are we going to pay this guy or not pay this guy? That is a byproduct. Which brings me to... Our last point of discussion for today, and it's somebody else that got flushed out of somebody else's system this morning. Leonard Fournette cut by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Is he a player that the Dolphins should consider? I don't necessarily think so. I don't see a huge difference between what you get with Leonard Fournette versus what you already have on the roster in Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard, people forget, was a fairly early drafted running back. He wasn't drafted in the top five like Jacksonville did with Fournette. But nobody was advocating for Jacksonville to do that anyway, especially when like your quarterback at the time was Blake Bortles and you could have had Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes. That's on you to take a running back at four. Um... But Fournette was cut today, long story short. This morning, Leonard Fournette cut by Jacksonville, now on the waivers. Kind of an interesting proposition. If the Dolphins are going to make splashes in the waiver wire, they're kind of up against it because I can't imagine they're going to continue to be in the top pecking order for the waiver wire um, once the season starts. They'll be more middle of the road, but there will be more teams in front of them in the waiver wire than where they're at right now. So, should the Dolphins pick up Leonard Fournette? I would advocate for no. I think you got enough players at the running back position at this point in time. You know, Fournette was kind of force-fed the ball, but he's not super dynamic in the passing game. His change of direction skills are somewhere on the spectrum of Jordan Howard to Kalen Balaj. So, like, 
He's not a guy that's going to redirect in the backfield and create a lot. He's a super violent runner. If you wanted to pick him up for the year and run him into the ground, like, okay, it would make some sense. But at the same time, like, Jordan Howard's not a long-term fixture piece anyway. Like, the Dolphins, the running back position, that's kind of an unfortunate byproduct of it. I don't think the Dolphins are going to be super sensitive to not overworking Jordan Howard either. So, yes, Leonard Fournette, he's on the waiver wire. He was cut. Jacksonville will eat the guaranteed money on his contract. Do we go that route? I doubt it, but from a stylistic fit, it could make some sense. I wouldn't advocate for it because you've got, in my opinion, a similar player in Jordan Howard, and you've already got this one-two punch dynamic, and you gave Jordan a two-year deal. So wanted to at least acknowledge, because the news came out today, Leonard Fournette on the waiver wire. Wouldn't advocate for him. Wouldn't lose any sleep at night. Should you be? Could you be bummed that Raekwon McMillan's off the team? Sure, you could be bummed. Because like I said, I like Raekwon. And he's a good dude. But am I going to lose sleep that the Dolphins traded him for what is going to equate to a early fifth round value that gives them their second fourth round pick scheduled for the 2020 NFL draft, which means they now have seven picks in the first four rounds again. No, I'm not. I'm not. And I wouldn't be too stressed that Kalen Balazs is back on the roster either because he won't be here long. Kyle Krabs signing off tomorrow's Power to the Pod, so make sure you schedule your day accordingly. You submit the questions, you submit the topics, we talk about them here tomorrow on the show. Kyle Krabs signing off. Thanks as always for listening to Locked on Dolphins, and I hope you keep it locked in right here the rest of the week.